Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Claire. And welcome to My, My Mate, Mate Reckons. Reckons, the show where we teach you... And each other... ...about whatever you want to know about. About whatever things we have a deep yearning to know about. Warning. Language. <laughs> yeah, no sex chat this week, although we do discover our brand of being the sexiest podcast on the planet. And another bigger warning that we get into some full-on serious racist language. Yes, we read the quote, the racist quotes from 1920s of H.P. Lovecraft. So FYI... They're in there and they're really fucked. Plus, Claire goes on this rant. <laughs> Classic Claire. Can't stop her. <laughs> Racist Claire's at it again. <laughs> hey there, Clever. Oh, hello, David. How are you? I'm feeling spooky. <laughs> Spooky. Ooh, that's a very spooky voice that you're doing. <laughs> we suggest turning some candlelight on. We suggest flicking off the lights. Indeed, which you normally do because you want to get sexy for us. But today we're getting spooky. But still keeping the sexy. Because <laughs> you, once you commit to a brand. <laughs> that's it. And we are, as you know... The planet's very, sexiest podcast. Very sexy. The Cla- planet's sexiest podcast. <laughs> we should get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> we should, <laughs> actually. The planet's sexiest podcast. <laughs> That's our brand. We bring the sex. Yeah. How are you, dickhead? I'm, I'm great. I'm really good. Life is good. Good. I'm glad. Today I wanted to... How are you, I should ask you? That's because that's I'm how fine. normal Thank you for asking. No, it's fine. Interaction no, I'm fine, goes. Claire. It's you fine. No, me, more I about you. you. No, go for it. No, I'm fine. Uh, you Good. wanted to know, you asked me about something that I should know about. Yeah, I'm surprised that you didn't already know. No, you asked me about H.P. Lovecraft. And you haven't read Never. their stories? I should. Or... Yeah, that I surprises should. me because you're a big nerd. I am. <laughs> Sometimes you say that and I don't know how to take it. Yes, I am. Today when I walked into David's house, the, the react- David looks very handsome today, viewers. Thanks. Viewers, listeners. Listeners, all um, viewers. And I... Walked in and saw him, and my reaction was, "Oh my god, you look great!" And then I instantly apologised for the enthusiasm in my tone. Because... And, the, and the surprise was notable. <laughs> the surprise was the most notable thing. Going, oh, yeah, no worries. I guess, fuck. The rest of the time, I'm just a piece of shit. But that's why it's good because if you're normally a piece of shit and then you dress up, people so you're then confirming react. now I'm a piece of shit. Is that what's happening? Fucking hell. No, I think you always look beautiful. Thank you. Trust old Davey B to take a take a compliment and turn twist it that into, into a... how my yeah. ego can yeah. feel bruised by this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um HP Lovecraft was Strap in. All I know is that he's a big racist dude. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Terribly. And I only know that because um they've released a new series. That has oh, a yeah, lot yeah. of people of colour. Like, that's the premise, is that we're going to do these stories with people of colour. And lots of um, responses to that being like, H.P. Lovecraft would have fucking hated this. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, he's one of the most influential, yeah, kind of, in terms of pop culture, writers for... for our time. Well, he's the, like the don't they say he's the like the birther of yeah. horror as we the tropes and the of, of particularly contemporary horror absolutely. And 
I mean, at the time, yeah. he was a starving artist. Like, yeah, couldn't right. have been, couldn't have been shitter. In the twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly in the twenties. He was born. Stand by. When the fuck was he born? He was born in eighteen ninety. Right. Okay. Fuck. Di- died nineteen thirty-seven at the age so of forty-six. So really long ago. Yeah, long ago. Birth of modernism yeah. is what we're talking about. Yep. So if we compare it with theatre history, yep. which I we know and a lot of our listeners know, that is right in the crux of modernism, yep. where you're getting Stanislavski's doing his thing and Chekhov's doing his thing, and it's all realism, realism, realism. Yep. We're interested in science. We're interested in new ways of thinking. And then, of course, First World War hits and everybody fucking loses their mind yep. because it's insane. Yep. And part of his artwork much like Beckett, much like Brecht, much like all the other artists at that time were going um, and dealing with the kind of unending dread and chaos of what they had just lived through. through globally. Trying to psychologically make sense of what had Mm, just happened. About the, yeah, about not even the potential horrors, about the actual horrors of the world. And certainly as a kind of underscore to his philosophy and to his fiction, but just who he was... He thought that humanity was pretty meaningless in the grand scheme of things yeah. and that God was either dead, didn't exist, or that it was an uncaring, chaotic, yeah. or idiot God. Which makes sense because that's how how would, else would you justify Absolutely. what you would witness in World War One? He was American. He looked up to Edgar Allan Poe and a couple oh. of other. So he was the generation after Edgar Allan Poe. Sure. So he's already interested in a, a dark kind of... Absolutely. Reading about him, like, there is no doubt. He was a fucking weird kid. Yeah. He was, a, he was a weirdo from the start. And I don't think... He's not the type of guy you'd want to hang out with at parties. Yeah. Like, he just seems like a real, like, the world is fucked. What does um, H stand for in HP? Uh, Howard, Howard Phillips Lovecraft. So you're not going, like, oi, Howie P. <laughs> let's hang out. Oi, Howie P, let's get Howie, groovy. you want to play Uno? Yeah. <laughs> You want to chill out, Howie, and just talk about the meaninglessness of existence. And he's like, can I tell you about a raven? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So there's a few interesting, there's a lot of interesting things about um, HP. Yeah. Yeah, he he never got recognised at the time. um, And Ah. he was was a proponent. He never got famous, like never made it, died starving and penniless and really miserable and thinking that his work would never go doesn't anywhere. that make you feel weird when that happens like post was it posthumously yeah posthumously posthumously yes that get recognized like van gogh was like yeah, that but like the recognition people. now that people are still yeah. buying your books that they've made a tv show out of your work that people yeah. are reading you that you've informed whole movements like yeah. that fucking comic-con is a thing like i find that fascinating that you yeah your work can have greater meaning later in life. Um, Lovecraft, this is from a fan, this is from The Atlantic. Okay. Um, Lovecraft ranks amongst the most tchotchke-fied of, like, you know, stuff, writers in the world. There are board games, coins, corsets, Christmas wreaths, dice, dresses, key change, license plate frames, mugs, phone cases, plush toys, posters, ties. Enterprising fans have stamped the name... Cthulhu, which we'll get to in a minute. That's Lovecraft's um, most famous like creation cat, character, yeah. I guess. Um, and it's a towering, malevolent, like, evil um, cross between an octopus and a dragon god. Right. And he, Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Um, 
there's apps, movies, podcasts. Uh, there's a bar in New York City called Lovecraft. There's a par- there's a parody musical. There's a celebrity fan club that is, you know, you know Diaz, Neil Gaiman, Guillermo del Toro, Joyce Carol Oates. There's a Lovecraft festival in Stockholm, Sweden, Lyon, France, Portland, Oregon, and Providence, where oh he was born. Oh, my God. So he's had huge, partly because he's so fucking weird. Like, the, the Cthulhu universe. And, and the writing is beautiful. Like, I've, yeah. I've read one of them. One of the stories, which is what triggered you to ask me yeah. about him. And, and the, he, ri- the writing is dark, I'm, but it's lovely. All I want to do now is read yeah. all of it. He never wrote a book per se. He wrote like 70 short stories and poems yeah. and all sorts of stuff. And a ton of fucking letters. What I thought was really interesting and so nerdy of him was that he thought about building. He was building all these short stories, but... Yeah. They existed for him all within a, you know, cinematic universe, so mm. to speak. So, like, they all existed in one kind of plane. That, the way that fantasy writer brains yeah. in terms of the capacity to world build like that is what I find so interesting. Absolutely. And he, his world was like, there's this normal human world yeah. where insane and bizarre things happen, often as a result of, like, Science, but so the, yeah. like, there's a famous story where an asteroid lands on Earth and it just drives people into like people just start mm. losing their fucking mind and going insane. And but there's stories about um, he also mucked around with like different modes of story, which other people had done before, but he mucked around with like you know, the horror films Paranormal Activity, yeah, there's yeah. a kind of shelf of horror. Or Blair Witch yep. that tries to like legitimize itself and make itself scarier by yeah. being from a very like homespun point of yes, view. Yep. So he wrote stories like an expedition to Antarctica, and these are the notes that mm. we found yeah, randomly the I in the snow. <coughs> read was a letter, and it was like yeah, a uh, goodbye letter because of the trauma of witnessing this this thing sea creature. Yeah, right. Well, that often happens. It's like just seeing the monster yeah. is enough to make is intensely traumatic you're you're seeing the chaos and he doesn't describe the monster because he had a theory that what humans could create in their own minds would be far more terrifying than than anything he could ever really describe correct which i find that interesting and clever of him yeah because the temptation of course is to go the monster's really ugly and it's got fangs (laughs) it's it's Sorry, everyone. Are you scared? Are you terrified? <laughs> are you scared? <laughs> but in the Cthulhu universe, basically, there's this system of gods, and the gods are all insane, large creatures. Cthulhu is a great word. Cthulhu that, like... And I think it's Cthulhu or one of them, like, spits out slime mm. from their mouth-like apparatus. And great. the slime formulates into the primordial ooze of the universe, and that's what we're all just sitting in. in. Ugh, that's a good image. And he liked this universe, or he was such a fan and so in deep with himself. He wrote a lot of letters. He had a lot of friends, and the friends looked after his kind of estate afterwards. And partly why we still have so much of his work is because his friends protected it and dropped it to universities and wanted to archive it because they all thought he was a genius. But um, And and he never married or never... He married um, and stayed married. To a woman whose name is Sonia yep. Green, um, and that was that was fine. But um, I, I think that I, I've discovered no kind of big points about that. But um, he moved to he moved to New York 
Um, he and just tried to make it and never did. But he wrote like 10,000 letters over the course of his life to all his mates. His most famous mate, he had a bunch of mates um, that were all writers. And the most famous is Robert Block, who went on to write Psycho. Yeah. That Hitchcock made the film out of. But he encouraged all his friends to use the characters from the Cthulhu universe to like write more in the Cthulhu universe. So all these other writers, including today... Because all his stuff is kind of open source. So... People have access to... People have access to... Deep into the world. Which is partly why perhaps so much... Like, he is able to perpetuate pop culture so much because there's nothing... You can go in and use his characters. Like, he he gives everyone permission to do that. He wanted all his mates to do that so the world was bigger and more expansive and, like, yeah. Yeah. David, if you're not keeping my text messages to One Day Archive... I'll be very upset with you. So funny, because the Smithsonian emailed me just last week going, can you please make sure that you're saving all of this? Of course they did. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. But And I wonder, is there anything in there about like why horror, why the, the scary um, is his vibe? Because it's all like monsters and creatures. and. Yeah, I mean, he just believed the world was a dark place and he loved Edgar Allan Poe as a kid. Um, and he, um, he, he had a traumatic life, I think, in that he had, um, he didn't seem to get, um, oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is the shit I want to, okay. So, Lovecraft was born in 1890. He was the only child of Winifred and Sarah, um, uh, or, pardon, Susan. Susie's family was of substantial means at the time of their marriage. Um, in, in 1893, after a psychotic episode in a Chicago hotel, um, Winifred, the father was committed to Butler hospital in Providence. So very early on, the father had very, um, full on mental health trauma. Um, though it was not clear who reported Winifred's behavior to the hospital, medical records indicate that it had been doing and saying strange things at times for a year before his commitment. Winifred spent five years in the hospital before he died in 1898, when Howard was just like eight, right? So that is just imprinted on his baby brain, yeah. a level of psychosis, and they can take you away yeah, your and lock your dad up. insane. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And he grew up with his aunts and his, um, and his mother. Lovecraft later recollected that after his father's illness, his mother was permanently stricken with grief. Whipple became a father figure to Lovecraft at the time, one of the um, one of the maternal grandparents. Lovecraft noting that it was his grandfather who became the centre of my entire universe. Um, so, and he would often travel around with his great grandfather. And by the time he was three, he was proficient in reading and writing. Apparently, wow, so he's really fucking smart. But there's like two dollar pop psychology there. If you go, your father dies at a super yeah. young age and your father is insane. And From then, extreme circumstances, yeah. And then you spend your life writing about insane gods who don't yeah. give a shit about you. Then yeah. there's something yeah. going on. Um, but yeah, mega racist. This is the other complicated thing. <coughs> well, not complicated thing. Uh, it's just, uh, let me find it. Let me find some of the quotes that are awful. Um <laughs> He just didn't like anyone except white Anglo-Saxon um, Protestants. Right. Um, uh, Where did he grow up? 
Like, he grew up in Rhode Island yeah. in um, very suburban... Oh, here we go. Um, he was a virulent racist. The xenophobia and white supremacy that burble beneath his fiction are startlingly explicit in all his letters, which we have. Flip through them and you'll find the author bemoaning Jews as hook-nose-swarthy, guttural-voiced aliens with whom association was intolerable. New York City's flabby, pungent, um, grinning, chattering N-words. New England's undesirable Latins, low-grade South Southern Italians and Portuguese, and the clamorous plague of French Canadians. Fucking hell. In 1922, he wrote that he wished a kindly gust of cyanide could asphyxiate the whole gigantic abortion of New York City's Chinatown. Oh my god! Which he called a bastard mess of stewing mongrel flesh. (gasps) In another letter, he wrote, in general, America... Howard! I know. You motherfucker. In general, America has made a fine mess of its population and will pay for it in tears amidst a premature rottenness unless something is done extremely soon. Now, what I think is interesting about all this is given that, given that he's written it and yeah. it's so awful and we're in 2021, that he hasn't been cancelled and outlawed more than he... He still has such a... Is it because... <clears throat> And this is one of those instances where people are separating the art from the person. person. Because I think this is only in his letters, like yeah. in his personal fiction, whereas in his, in his like non-fiction work, in, in, it's just his personal yeah, letters. Is. That's where that comes out. So that's how yeah. people know about that. But, the but st- if you just go off his fiction... Then it's still filled with character stereotypes and shitty things, apparently. Oh, right. I thought they were separate. Yeah. I don't know then. How are we... Alan Moore, who is the writer behind Watchmen and is an influential comics writer and was incredibly influenced by um, Lovecraft, offers the opinion. Um, The comics writer Alan Moore picks up this subject... He reminds readers of the seismic social changes that occurred during Lovecraft's life. Women's suffrage, advances in mankind's understanding of outer space, the Russian Revolution, newly highly visible LGBT communities in American cities, and the largest wave of migrants and refugees the US had ever seen. More writes, In this light, it is possible to perceive Howard Lovecraft as an almost unbearably sensitive barometer of American dread. Mm. Far from outlandish eccentricities, the fears that generate Lovecraft's stories and opinions were precisely those of the white men middle-class, heterosexual, Protestant-descended males who were most threatened by the shifting power relationships and values of the modern world. So he's just, yeah, that makes complete sense. Because yeah. when he would have been at the peak of his adulthood is what, the 1920s? The 20s, 30s, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it's he's a complicated figure, but... And he's just representative of the... Of the, of the dudes at the time, yeah. Thank goodness we've gotten rid of all those racists. Yeah, thank God that that's not what life looks like now. Here's some of his quotes. The most merciful thing in the world, I think, is the inability of the human mind to correlate all of its contents. Oh. That is not dead which can eternal lie, and with strange eons even death may die. Doesn't he sound like a guy you want to have a drink with and hang out with? <laughs> The oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear, and the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. Oh, yeah. Good. From even the greatest of horrors, irony is seldom absent. Even from... What was it? What one? From even the greatest of horrors, irony is seldom Mm, absent. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you go. Fuck. How do you feel about him now? Or, like, you want to read his stories? (coughs) I want to read him because he's so influential. 
And I think the weirdness and the kind of abandon of his imagination and, like, on the brink of insanity. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I can see him as a figure for his time. It's really hard with these 20s. Well, it's not hard at all. It's... And I say this as a straight white man myself, so I have the benefit of reading Lovecraft. Yeah. Without feeling persecuted in any way. Yeah. Um, But... I, Your privilege allows you to read that without and go, any well, he was a product of his yeah. time. Blah, blah, blah. He's and a I, racist shit. But and I think it's essential read this story. that we remember that and keep that in mind when we read him and we don't forget that. Yeah. Um, but history is littered with, you know, the, like, uh, yeah, yeah, everyone's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone's got issues. Yes. His was and it is a reflection of, yeah, of the time. And it is, you know, but, oh, that is our history. And to deny that undermines, you know, it's, it's exactly how we still to this day, un, you know, deny that we have a colonial history in this fucking country. Like, oh, well, we don't. Just so <laughs> yeah. you know. We, we fixed it. <laughs> we, we came over, <laughs> and shook com- hands. And the country began. Yeah, and the country, that's right, with yeah. a flag. That we, uh, yeah, that we just happily erase 80,000 years. Indeed. Um, yeah, so that's... That's what we do. Indeed. So to not acknowledge that those two things can exist at the same time, I don't know. There you go, HPP Lovecraft. Clay, you satisfied? Yeah, I am. I am. Brilliant. What a dark dude. What a dark dude. Go read a short story about a giant octopus who doesn't give a shit about you. (laughs) What a time. (laughs) Thanks for being my mate, Dave. Thanks for being my mate, Clay. listening to the show if you'd like to leave a rating and review on whatever service you're listening to this Please on, do. that would be great that'd be great tell, tell your me. friends tell your mates that's right that's the name of the show i see what you did there where can people find you Claire? people can find me on instagram at claire and pearl where can people find you dave people can find me at dave burton writer and if you have a suggestion or a question or would like to point out how much Claire got wrong. <laughs> or how much Dave got wrong. Then you can write us an email at mymatereckons at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.